0: Hi, everybody. I wanted to come on before the podcast starts. Just to tell you, in wanting to do something thematic for Halloween, um, we invited John Edwards on, who is a kind of a well-known psychic. And whether you believe in it or not, there is no explanation for what he does on this show. At a certain point in the show, he is connecting, he tells us, with the other side and spewing information that he would have no other access to, but from the other side. In order to verify that on the screen, we give you the real information. So you're going to have to read it and you're going to have to watch it. And then decide for yourself whether this is real Um, We'll talk to him about his origin, how he found out he had this power and how this power works. But then he's actually going to use this power. And it is imperative that you watch it, read it. And I would love you to comment. I would love you to figure out if this is a trick. I don't think it is. I believe in it. It is scary. And what better time of year to do something scary and Halloween. So this is one of the spookiest, weirdest, most compelling episodes we've ever done. So feel free to subscribe, to comment, or even buy merch and get information on what I'm doing at HowieMandel.com. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Howie Mandel Does Stuff. I'm Howie Mandel.
1: I'm Jacqueline Schultz.
0: Okay, my daughter. (laughs) Hi, Jacqueline. Hi. How are you? Hi. What's, what, what were you saying?
1: You can't wait two seconds for me to be back <laughs> in I'm <here>? just
0: excited. <laughs> John Edwards is here. <laughs> John Edwards, uh, psychic, medium, uh, father, uh, tra- traveler, entrepreneur, um, writer. Writer. Author. Yep. Um, what else can I add I to that? I feel like
1: writer and author are similar things.
0: Well, uh, well you can write. I th- what I was talking they can be. He writes things down and then sometimes I'm then enjoying this dynamic.
2: I wish my daughter was here right now. This yeah. is actually <laughs> Do you have fun that? to watch. Oh yes,
0: his daughter, by How old the way.
2: Is your- oh God. sixteen. And and uh, wait, successful. you have fun.
1: You have fun hanging out with her.
0: I love hanging out with my daughter. Does oh. she like hanging out with you? Is the- she loves hanging out with me?
1: Wow. wow.
0: I think <laughs> you know what. I think if you knew that your dad had a connection to the other side, you would enjoy me more. Would I? I don't know. No, I enjoy you now.
1: I enjoy you now. I'm just saying when I was 16, did not enjoy him at all. Well,
0: I'll tell you what she enjoys.
2: She Mm -hmm. enjoys correcting me. Yes. She enjoys, wait, let me rephrase that. Educating me. Well, you Correcting is a harsh word.
1: Well, you admit when you're wrong. Sure. Okay. Well, then that's why.
2: But there's got to be backup. Like, there's got to be backup to the reasoning. Like, it can't just be like something that's just a new-
0: phase that's happening on the internet. His daughter, Olivia, is a a success in her own right. She's an actress. Oh, really? I didn't know that. She's on a series. Isn't she on a series? She
2: just wrapped up. She was on a series called Better Things. So she did that. She kind of grew up on the show, and she was, like, doing acting stuff. That's one of the things I get in trouble for, because when I talk about her, I'll say, she's an actual actress. As opposed to what? Exactly. I don't know
0: why I would do that. And then she finally called me out and said- Because most of the people you talk to are Dead. (laughs) So when actual just means they're doing whatever they're doing in this realm.
1: Living actress. She's a living actress.
0: (laughs) I think because I I literally will say to
2: people, this person's very dramatic. They're like an actress Uh in my description of a personality. Yeah. So I have to qualify now. Like, I don't mean like my normal frame of reference. I mean, like she like that's her job. Like this is what she does. And you have a son. I do. And what does he do? He is about
0: ready to embark on medical school in a month. Wow. So he wants to keep people away from talking to you as best as he possibly can, (laughs) as best as he possibly can. So I don't know why uh, I don't think there's anybody out here who has not heard your name and know what you do. I'll start with this being a parent, being a parent. You know, when you have little kids, I I, I don't want to I don't want to overset my ground, but, you know, uh, a lot of them are afraid of ghosts and uh to talk specifically my daughter here uh jacqueline is um i believe has i do believe in the ability to communicate with the other side i believe that this is not it so she's got the freak gene i think she does but she fights it okay and right Is that, am I being correct? Yeah,
1: I'm totally freaked out and totally scared. I have a, I've had a bunch of experiences in the past that I am not cool with and not okay with, and I am pretty... Adamant, I will say out loud when I'm scared, like, do not want this. I do not want it at all. I don't want to experience it. So, yeah, I'm all not. Right.
2: So for the folks that are listening, let's like just jump in and talk about the, the, the understanding of the world that we're talking about. Okay. So this is the world of psychic phenomenon and metaphysics, right? And if anybody's coming to the subject matter and they're learning about it through YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and videos now, there's mm-hmm. a lot of- and podcasts. A lot of, mm-hmm. and well, most of social media right now has a lot of conflating of terms and they don't, they don't put a lot of time on understanding the process. So somebody like myself, I'm a psychic, but I'm also a medium. So that means that as a psychic, I have the ability to tune into energy and talk about what's happening now in your life, pick up on the line of probability from your past to your present and project, I don't like the word predict, project where you're going. And the mediumship part uses the same psychic Why do ability. you say project rather than predict? Because predict makes it seem like you can't change it. And I like I like to be in control of our future. So I feel like we are in control of our destiny. Are we? Yeah. Okay. I think that we have control over how we get in between certain destiny-fated moments. So when I use the word project, it gives a little bit more control to the sitter that I'm, I'm working with. But there are different modalities, right? So there's astrology, there's numerology, there's tarot. These are all tools to help unlock a person's energy. The most significant thing that you just said that I love is the empowerment part. Because you said, if I'm uncomfortable with something, I say no and I make it stop. That shows that you're already in control of your energy. You're empowered by who you are as a person, right? Bravo to you for recognizing that, but it doesn't mean that it turns it off. It just means that you're going to shut the light switch. You can always turn the light switch back on and with understanding and knowledge comes the ability to be empowered by it, not fear-based. Now, I have to ask you, what's your sign?
1: Sagittarius.
2: Okay, and then do you know your other, like, the big three? Do you know your rising sign? I don't know anything
1: about astrology. Okay,
2: so (laughs) Sag, like, 12, 4. When are you, Sag? 14th. So twelve fourteen. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is going to be a year of... I've got to make sure I my math correctly because now I'm looking at your numerology. So...
0: She, she, I don't know if she wants to be read. <laughs> <laughs>
2: go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so just energetically, that tells me that you're in a year of massive transformation. And when you hit December, mm-hmm. things will balance out more. You'll probably have more of a... N- 2024 might look a little bit more in control and calm for you than 2023.
3: Big
1: thumbs up. <laughs> so
2: but if you are the person that you sound like you are, yeah. right, in just the five seconds that I've met you, yeah. um, and that's not me reading you, that's me just looking at your numbers. From I Chris, as you just pointed out, I don't know if she wants to be read. And that's a really good point because it's really important to make sure that you never answer someone's vibration without their permission. But Knowing that we're having this conversation, I wanted to know if you were coming from a place of being a Pisces. Because sometimes people who are Piscean, they're so psychic and they're so open that sometimes they become fear-based about the subject matter. Mm -hmm. But um, I think it's always important to lean into it. Always important to lean into your intuition so that you can make empowered decisions.
0: But the truth is when you don't... Fear is the... um Fear is a reaction to ignorance. It's not knowing, right? If you don't know about something, then the knee-jerk reaction is you're afraid of it. You're f- right. Or, or you can poo poo it. Some people will just come at me like I would like to just
2: say, for those that don't know me from some of the shows or books that I might have written, you definitely know me from a show that you probably have watched. And that would be South Park, where I hold the title of the biggest douche in the universe. Right. So <laughs> as a as a <laughs> as the ability to hold that moniker, I was like, wow, I had to do something right somewhere in order to get my entire episode. But what that does is that brings more people to me who would never know who I am. Then they learn about the the, the subject matter. But sometimes fear comes and brings about a place of ignorance, right? Or fear brings protection. So I think that sometimes we look at motivations. And one of the things that I'll say is that we can be motivated by love, but we can be motivated, motivated by fear. And it's okay to motivate a child by fear if the stove's hot and we don't want them to touch it. We want them to be fearful of getting burnt or fearful of making certain decisions, running into a street, being aware that, you know, there's dangers that are there. Um, we want to educate them in any way we possibly can to help them but not f- not create fear, and I always tease my uh, my grandma's long gone, but I always like, go back to the like you don't
0: stop talking or no, I don't. <laughs>
2: she had eleven kids, eleven kids grew up in Brooklyn, you know, and they moved out to long island and her her thing was she wanted to make sure that none of her kids would ever drown because she had a fear of the water, so she made sure that none of them learned how to swim, so, so is that
1: <laughs> isn't that how you Drown?
2: well she and Im- she imparted into them a fear of the water okay. so therefore they wouldn't want to go near the water. So they wouldn't yeah. want to put themselves in that so she did the the protecting thing I'm gonna keep them away from it right mm-hmm. so insert you know insert anything else in there and and you can have a conversation or a debate about it right but I remember saying to her but but grandma like what about your grandkids like if I fell into the water my mother wouldn't be able to save me and that's why my mom came from a place of empowerment and love and sent me for swimming lessons to make sure that what she couldn't do, I did. So I think we always look at the circumstance of when it comes to fear and love and could it be a motivator. But when you're getting insights or impressions universally and you don't understand them, then you're the first half of the kid in the sixth sense where you're interpreting something and you might be interpreting incorrectly and anybody that develops their intuition or has a high sensitivity, and they start getting these like, psychic hits, they're always bad. They're like, usually gonna be bad because it's what our brain recognizes as protect, 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 protect. It's why, it's why all news stations have breaking news because our instinct is to look and go highway, traffic, accident, slow down, even though the traffic, the accidents on one side, the opposite side of the highway slows down to look. It's human nature to do that. So when we look at our energetic nature, it's the same. So as long as we become knowledgeable and we become
0: aware, then we become informed but isn't it normal listen, that you're talking about having psychic ability or this energy you're talking about um, connecting with death mm-hmm. is that are you afraid of dying no no are you afraid of uh, somebody you love dying no no so you don't have it you know we were talking right at the beginning of your children you know you're, you you said your grandmother was so afraid of drowning or losing, so she, she, her fear was, don't you, as a parent, aren't you worried about your child even driving? And then you wanna stay up and make sure that they get home and lock up? Of course, but, Why? but that's
2: not a fear of death. What that's, is it a fear of? A fear of harm. There's a fear of harm. So the, the concern is I don't want them to be harmed. I want them to be informed and drive safely. I don't want them to be harmed. I don't want them to be hurt. And of course, if anything happened to someone that I care for or I love, I would grieve. But that doesn't Why are you sense.
0: grieving if you believe that they're still there? Because it's the loss of the
2: physicality of it. In 1996, my grandmother passed, and yeah. she was like my second mom. My mom passed when I was 19, so my my grandmother hung out a few years after that. And um, I remember standing on the church of St. Rocco's Church in Long Island, and I was a hot mess in the church. Like, I was really, really emotional. And I, I am unapologetically, like, I was that emotional. And one of my cousins, who is now also passed— um, said to me on the church in a, in the hopes of trying to make it late, he was like, don't you know she's okay? And I went, I do know she's okay. And I go, and I do know that she's with, you know, my mom. And I do know that she's with family that's there. I go, but the only person that was ever going to love me unconditionally just died. I said, and I'm mourning that I'm mourning the loss of that. And my, go- my grandma's been gone since 1996. My mom's been gone since 1989. You come to my events when I'm doing them, you will hear them. I keep them very much present. You know, I keep them very much present.
0: No, I get it. You'd be sad if you love somebody and this is the person that you cared for or that cares for you, and then they just get up one day and move to Florida.
2: Correct. Or if you love eating candy, cake, and sugar, and you find out you're diabetic and you can't have that any longer, you still have a reflection of, I loved eating that, but now I can't really have that. But it's still there. But it's still there, but you can't have it. But you can talk to your cookies. But you, can't, but you can't have it in the same way, right? So you have that passion for something, but you can't have it in the
0: same way. So and How did you, as a parent, how did you, well, I, I, I read about how you came to this. You didn't come to this as a believer. No. Or, and and <laughs> no. it wasn't, do you know how he came to it? He, no. You were read, right? Yeah. And, a, and a, a medium told you this yeah. is what you should do. And you thought it was bullshit. I did. My mom's side of the family used to
2: have psychics come to my grandma's house all the time. And my dad was a New York City police officer and a career military guy. And the rule was make sure that my son is not around that ish. Um, And I was like, I didn't know that. So at 13, when they said when I separated from my dad and mom, they split. We moved into my grandma's house. And then. I found out that that was his role and I laughed I was like not a problem I have no interest in it so then my mom had a uh, a reading with a woman in Manhattan who was a very prestigious psychic in her own rank and she didn't do what would be considered house parties which is like take out Tupperware bring in psychic yeah. and um she agreed to do that if she could meet me so like there was this very weird moment when my mom came home and said August whatever you know you're gonna be here and I went where am I going? I am 15. I'll go, well, where am I going to be? And she said, well, this woman, Lydia Klar, is coming and she wants to meet you. And I was like, who's Lydia Clark. And she said, Oh, she's a psychic. And I remember was like, why does the psychic want to meet me? Like that was like, never had happened before. And, um, and she said she agreed to come to the house and she never does that. So I took her up on the opportunity, but her one caveat was that she wanted to meet me and meet, meet you. And I was like, so I'm like bait, like I'm the bait to get her here. And my mom laughed and she goes, She's really really good and I laughed and I was like, okay, and then I forgot about it And then she reminded me like hey make make sure that you're here on whatever the date was and then the woman came And I met her and she was a lovely lady and she kind of like, you know I guess she looked like it the way she like, you know, she, the way she looked for me and um, She read I want to say she read like 17 people that day Yeah, she read a lot of people there was a lot of people that my mom got to come to have these like really mini readings and um, I think she had read about seven people and then my grandmother had come down from the room crying. And that pissed me off. Cause I was like, that's my grandma. Like, I'm like, what did this woman say to you to make you upset? And she said, I'm not crying cause I'm sad. I'm crying cause I'm happy. I didn't really care. My grandmother was crying. Like, what did the stranger say to my grandmother in her house? That's disrespectful and rude. So she told my grandmother that her husband was standing next to her and gave her all these, inf- all these messages um, from my deceased grandfather who I did not know. And one of the things was she got her name, he got his name, how he passed, a whole bunch of things. And then um, I said to my grandma, I go, Grandma. She said his name is Tony and is his name is Anthony. So um, I go, Grandma, you were introduced to her as Mrs. Esposito. You don't get more Italian than Esposito. It's like Smith (laughs) in Italy, right? I'm like, I don't think it's a big stretch that somewhere there's gonna be a Tony in the Esposito family. And without skipping a beat, my grandmother looked at me and said, if you don't believe that the grandfather that you don't know loved me more than life itself and is still with me, sounds like a you issue. Like, that's your problem. She goes, how would that woman know that he was buried with a mandolin? I didn't know he was buried with a mandolin. And I was like, why was he buried with a mandolin? Apparently he used to play the mandolin. So I didn't even know that. So then I didn't take that at face value. I went back to the list of people that Lydia read before my grandmother to see which person on that list she could have extrapolated that information from and then give it to the old lady in the house. None of the people that went before my grandmother were family. Like none of them would know that. So I was like, how the hell would she know that? So then I said, well, my mom knows her. Maybe my mom told her. Maybe that came up in my mom's conversation. Like, so I'm looking I'm always logical. I'm always looking for the logic of it. And then that's what got me to go for a reading. I wanted to prove to my family that she wouldn't be able to read me and she wasn't going to be able to get anything out of me. So my intention was I would sit opposite her and I would just do the, like, the following.
0: For those that are just listening, he's not doing anything. Exactly.
2: <laughs> straight ju- face. Straight face, like yeah. I'm going to give her nothing. Yeah. And then I sat with her and she took my high school ring at the time and she kind of like put it to her forehead, looked down, and never looked at me. And then just started talking, and um, that put me on my path. She was spot what on. What did she say? What did she say to you? She told me that I had highly. This is where it gets a little weird. She told me I had highly evolved beings of white and gold light, and they were ready to work with me, and that I was going to change the way millions of people looked at her field. I was, fit, I was fifteen. She could have. So you were a non-believer. So this this seemed like. A, a, this seemed like she said she landed her spaceship in the backyard and she'd take me for a spin when we were done. That- so
0: she told you you had this power. Mm-hmm. This, is, you were gonna, this is the path you were going to... From that reading to when did, did you have an experience? So from that reading, which, by the way, she
2: ended it with stuff that was, like, accurate, but I didn't know how, how accurate it was for about a week. She gave me outcomes to circumstances that nobody in my family knew about, nobody in my family knew about, and they played out in a way that made me go... Like this is like This is uncomfortable and I say uncomfortable because I didn't see it as cool. I saw it as a violation
0: Oh, that's how you feel, right?
2: hmm I saw it as a violation and I was like, oh, I don't like this i have like this woman walked around my life and then new stuff and then wait a minute She had like insights about what was gonna happen with these people don't like this. So it wasn't like oh I'm so psychic. Let me go learn about it. It was more like I feel like I got energetically robbed and I want to put a security system in. Is this possible? And that sent me to the public library. And that's where my life really started to change because in 1985, there were no new age books or psychic books. It was under the occult section. So I would sit on the floor of the public library and I was embarrassed to check the books out because it had the word occult. I didn't know what that meant, which just means hidden secret Arcane knowledge, right? But back then, it sounded like cult. So I sat and read every day as much as I could after like high school, and I learned that there were people writing books in the 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. There were folks like Carl Jung and some of the, you know, the forefathers of the United States that were Masons who all have met- had metaphysical belief systems. Um, I learned about you know, Madame Blavatsky from Russia. I learned about Edgar Cayce in in, the, in Virginia. I learned about Gene Dixon and astrology, but I learned about reincarnation, numerology, psychometry, tarot. I learned a lot in a very, very short period of time. And then after I literally exhausted everything that was at the library, I went to a local bookstore. And it was a Walden bookstore um, on Glencove Road in Long Island for the folks that know the area. And I walked to the back of that store, again, a cult section, and the way that the books... The shelves were, they were like on an arc, right? So they were like very sparsely shelves. Not a lot of new material was there. But they had tarot cards. And a deck of cards literally fell off in front of me. Like if I didn't see it, I wouldn't believe it. But I'm telling you, it happened. And the lady that was running the store, she was like on the middle like shelf. And she like looked over and looked at me and she went, hmm, clearly you're supposed to buy those. So I bought them. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I felt like I was doing like a drug deal. I don't want anybody like to like see me with these in my house, you know? So I take them in my house and I'm I'm looking at the little white book that comes with the 78 cards that tells you what the cards mean and how to read them. And then that Sunday, my cousin, my, there was always like 20 people in my grandma's house cause she had 11 kids, they had kids, they had kids. And if you knew my grandmother, she was like Sophia from the Golden Girls. If you didn't show up on Sunday, there was hell to pay. So we always had a house full of people. So my cousin came and I was like, Hey, can I, can I try something for you? And she went, sure. I was like, I want, I want to try to like read your cards. So I did, I did the, what the book said. I looked at the cards and I, you know, they kind of like told me a story or I, you know, kind of put things together in the way that I interpreted it. And then like a week or two later, she said, Hey, you're going to be a grandma's on Sunday. And I went, yeah, why are you coming? And she's like, yeah, she's like, I want you to do my cards again. I was like, Florence please I go I'd have no idea what I'm doing I go I'm just messing around with this and she's like yeah well mess around again because everything you said was going to happen happened I was like yeah but I'm sure it's just a coincidence and she said no nah, there's no way that you would have known a couple of those things and I didn't even tell you that you're right she goes and then they happened and she goes and can I bring five friends and that's literally how it started I started just doing and I was working with tarot for years and for years I wouldn't put my cards down like like I still to this day travel when I travel I travel the the same deck I still have them with me cuz it was like my first kind of love, my first benefit. That deck goal. that fell out of the uh, shelf. No, that deck I actually got rid of cuz I didn't like it. It didn't have what's called an illustrated um, minor arcana. It <laughs> threw itself at you. I know it just <laughs> and you threw it it's out. It's like
1: Harry Potter, the wand chose you. <laughs> I know,
2: I know. I didn't really resonate with that deck. It was called the Tarot Classic deck and I was like mm. I didn't resonate It It served
1: its purpose. It It did. It It opened. It was a key
2: that unlocked the door.
1: We are in an ad right now. This is going to be a little bit difficult because as you can see, my dad is not here. Instead, I have my daughter, Abby. Cacao. Do you want to say hi or say anything besides cacao? Your hair looks like a banana. And we are (laughs) we are supposed to be getting my dad on Zoom right now so he can do it with me. Kenny, is it working? It's not working. So, then I'm just supposed to do it myself. Your hair looks like a banana. So then, and now I have my daughter here too. Anyways, so we are going to be talking about Butcher Box, which is one of my favorites, especially since the holidays are coming up and I do all my cooking. I do cooking for Thanksgiving. Am I a good cook? Huh? Am I a good cook? Sometimes. Sometimes. So I have Thanksgiving coming up where I'm going to be doing all my holiday meals. And I absolutely love Butcher Box because they send me my meats right to my door. So it's super easy. I don't have to go grocery shopping because it's always harder to go up. grocery shopping when I am she with needs my to go kids. Up. I also rely on them because they have really, really, really good food. Really, really good meats that are... I never had it. Hormone-free, antibiotic-free. Your so hair looks like a banana. I can trust what I am getting from Butcher Box when I get Butcher Box delivered to my door. It is the highest quality, plus, it's really, really great value. And oh since the holidays are coming up, you can gift it to other people that you care about. So maybe who should we gift it to? Who should we send a Butcher Box to? No one. I'll think of someone and I will send it to someone. The holiday season is made better with ButcherBox. For uh-huh. a limited time, they're offering our listeners turkey free in your first box, plus $20 off your first order. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com Howie and use code App. Howie to get this deal. You don't want to miss it. So do you think you didn't have anything or experiences before this whole story? Do you think that means that anyone can potentially unlock this power?
2: Everybody's if- psychic. Every single person is psychic and when I look back on my childhood, Mm -hmm. I was able to go back and reframe Certain moments where I was like, oh, oh that was a psychic thing You know, and Mm -hmm. I always go back. I tell the story at my events all the time when I was in fourth grade uh, Mrs. Worthley was the fourth-grade teacher and she would give us our ten vocabulary words to study And then you would like have to spell your ten vocabulary words and you always got an extra credit word Mm -hmm. So her desk was in the far left of the classroom my desk was in a row that was closest to the entrance all the way in the back and she gave us the 10 words, and we did it. And then she gave us an extra credit word. And the extra credit word was phlegm, fourth <laughs> grade, phlegm. phlegm. So I looked up, and I saw on the chalkboard, P-H-L-E-G-M. So I was like, and I wrote it down. So then there was a parent-teacher conference, and they wanted to know who was teaching me medical terminology in sc- like at my age, because why would a fourth grader know how to spell phlegm? Everybody else in the class spelled it f e f l e m. My mom was a stickler for lying. She had a she her her thing was if you do something wrong, you tell me before I find out from somebody else, you're not gonna get in trouble. I find out from somebody else, you're in bigger trouble than you could possibly imagine and don't lie. So that was always like a thing. So I'm I got called into the meeting and the teacher said, How would you know? And I looked at her and I said, well, you wrote it on the board and the teacher said, I did not write it on the board. And my mom like looked at me. So I had the moment <laughs> and I just like looked at the teacher and I went, she's lying, like <laughs> she's lying right now. But now when I, when I thought about it as an adult or, or as a teenager, I was like, wait, there's no logical way Mrs. Worthley would get from her desk to the board to write it in the time that she said it. I just took it for granted. She said it, I looked up, I saw it, I wrote it down. And then I realized I had a lot of those moments, but I never looked at them as being psychic. They were just moments. They were just moments of like, you have experiences. And that's why I tell people, when someone loses a loved one, and they're like, I'm not getting any signs, I'm not feeling anything, I'm not seeing anything. I'm like, you are, you just don't know how to call it, or how to phrase it, or how to, how to, how to, uh, how to like dissect it from the, the mess of everything else
0: that's happening amongst the grief. When you have this... First of all, I believe, I totally believe you and respect what you do. But Thank I you. do know that in your line of work or your talent, it's kind of easy for people to uh, take fake, advantage. Take sure. advantage and people. shake it, and 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 it's kind of it's easy to prey on people who, you know, you That's want. They just want. They just want to hear. They want to make it. So it's really hard to kind of. Um, filter out what is real and what is not real. And I I would imagine that you spend a good part of your career uh, defending or proving, no.
2: Never defending, always explaining. So one of the things that um, when I do my events, I do a lot of the, my events are classrooms for me. You know, they're not performances or shows, they're classrooms for the people that are put in front of me. And I take that as a real serious opportunity of why are these these people being put in front of me and what are they supposed to get from me today? And every event's different. I could do five events in the same city always different because the people come with different losses they come with different needs they come with different questions so i remember being in one city somewhere here in the states and um i picked a woman all the way to the left for a question and i said you have a question and she said actually no i have a statement and you always brace yourself when someone says they have a statement because that can go like south really really quick i know so i just was like okay what's your statement and she goes you sound like you belong more to the skeptical society than to the psychic community. And I lost it. I cracked up laughing. And I was like, that is like a really nice compliment. I go, thank you for saying that. I go, what are you basing that on? And she said, well, like, I'm watching you read. She goes, I came here. She goes, I I am a skeptic. She goes, so I I was dragged here. She goes, and I'm watching you read and people are saying yes to you. Right. And you're going, no, 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 that's not it, it's this. She's like, I counted like 17 times where you could have been like, right. She goes, but instead you were like, no, 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 it's this. And on three of these occasions, you left them like not validated. I said, because I have to be accurate, not right. And that was uh, probably one of the greatest inspirational messages I was given from a mentor named Sandy Anastasi when I started.
0: And that was, you don't always have to be right, but you have to strive to be accurate. Do you have control over this? Like, I would imagine just... To a degree. Well, I'm saying, are you always surround? Is that door always open? Do you open is the door? Is it
1: like the Sixth Sense, where it's no. just like all around you all the time? I
0: hear you, dead people. Yeah. No.
2: I, mean, I see dead people.
0: What did he say? I see dead I people. See dead I people. see dead people. <laughs> yeah. Do you
2: I, see dead people? I don't see dead people. I you see, hear them? I see, hear, and feel energy, and then I interpret that in, in my frame of reference. So, you know, like like when, when, when you're like doing your job, right? And you're focusing on whether it be you're looking at someone on stage talent or you're doing stand up, or you're right. having an interview, your brain's firing in so many different ways, right? And right. you're seeing, hearing and feeling your process, right? right? My process is just psychic. It's the same exact thing. However, the people in my field over a, you know, multiple decades have made it seem like from an ego standpoint, like they're up here and most people are down here. And I'm the opposite. I'm like, we're all the same. I've just worked really, really hard. I equate this to like fitness. If you ever see somebody who's really in shape, right? Like they're, they're very muscular, they've got abs. Like me. right? <laughs> like Just like you, right? You know, my question's always like, what do you eat? Like, that is always my first thought. Like, do you ever have a cookie? Like, is there a cupcake in your diet? Like how often does pizza happen, right? There's questions that are natural about the achievement that someone has in that way. They're athletic. They put a lot of time into that. That didn't just happen, right? Right. They work at that. So somebody like myself, we're like spiritual athletes. We work at it in the sense of we have to be in tune. So we're like a piano or an instrument. We show up, and then whoever's going to come through basically picks up that guitar, sits at that piano, and plays what
0: they're going to play. So in... My interpretation of what you just said is it isn't a door, like if I wanted to get in the shape, I'd have to go to the gym and, Correct. and and work out and get myself in the shape. You'd have to work out. You have to make that decision that right now I wanna do my psychic workout.
2: You would say I'm going to do, I'm going to work on my energy. And why would that be important? Well, it's probably the most important. What do you work on your energy without somebody there? Yeah. So oh, yeah.
0: what happens in that In that So instance? that's
2: meditation. That's understanding that we're all part of a divine plan in the universe. That's understanding that we're all connected. That's understanding we have to work on community and humanity within ourselves and to be part of that matrix. That's protecting our energy and creating boundaries. And then if somebody wants to take that one step further, then they could pick up a tool like astrology and then learn more about themselves. So you talked about parenting. The first thing I did when I had my kids was I had their chart done. I wanted to know who I was raising. I wanted to know, okay, so, like, what what is the energy of this kid? Like, how how do we communicate with them? Do you think that they had past lives? Are they somebody that existed before? I believe we all are. I don't know who they were, and that was something that I was actually very – so, see, that's a great question, Howie. Like, that's an amazing question that nobody's ever asked me. Um, I'm really good at this. You really are. <laughs> um, I never wanted to know who they would have been because that, to me, is not important to who they are now. And the blueprint of the lifetime that they're living and they're supposed to achieve here. So I think that, and I think it's because, like, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. You know, like, I, I now have people coming up to me that are saying the things that I want to apologize to people that I used to say. Like, when I would meet, like, like a soap actor in the city, walking in Manhattan, I'd be like, "Oh my God, I watched you with my grandma," you know. And I, I would mean that as an endearment. And now I have people coming to me and they're like, "Oh my God, I watched you with my grandma," and now I, I hear that differently. Um, <laughs> but there's, there's a, a, a level of understanding who they are in this lifetime and wanting to make sure that I have them on path and help them for who they are here, so they can, in their own, you know, way, learn that. But doing this for as long as I'm doing it, I went through the past life craze where everybody and their brother were like getting weekend hypnotherapy certifications so they can teach you how to stop smoking, lose weight, and find out what you are in a past life. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's not the person I would send you to. I'd send you to the psychologist who has a background in hypnotherapy, who has a practice in dealing with past life aggression therapy, you know, a la Dr. Brian Weiss, um, or somebody that has got letters before and after their name. Like, there's, there's a difference between the person who's doing the fortune telling and then the person who's doing legitimate readings in every field, right? Were
0: your kids ever scared of what you do?
2: No. No, no I think my daughter had one experience that was uncomfortable. And um, my wife and I felt a little bit bad about it because we didn't, because she really, really was theatrical as a kid. Like she was very much the dramatic child. Like I have a very strong image of being like out in public in a restaurant and she was like very performative and just... Like I had that moment of like going, oh my God, like how did I have that child? Like how did, it, like, how did the universe send me her? Like this is, this, there had to be a mistake. Like this is not the child I should be raising. Um, and I remember having this moment of like, okay. And then she was like two and she didn't want to sleep in her room. She was afraid to sleep in her room because of the beers. Well, she would the say, what? she said the beers. Yeah. She was like, there's beers in there. was like beers and in my head I'm like my dad was an alcoholic and he did like a lot of beer I go maybe that's like a symbol he's trying to like maybe she's I'm literally trying to figure out like what the beers were and this went on for like maybe a good year and a half to two years and I just looked at it as she wants to be in the family bed like she wants to be like in the bed with mommy and daddy and I think cuz I would travel so often you know she would sleep with Sandra and that 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 now I'm home and it's like move over dad I'm afraid of the beers like so I was like whatever and then a colleague of mine, her name is Shara Margolis, and she's somebody that I love and respect, slept at my house. And I was like, Olivia will sleep in our room, you can sleep in her room. And the next morning she said, um, would you mind if I slept in a different, is there a different room I can sleep in? <laughs> and I was like, why is it like too hot in there? I'm, I'm thinking like temperature, she doesn't wanna sleep in a room, you know, like that's a kid's room. Elena. She's like, no, she was like, I was having, I don't know if she said she was having nightmares of bears or she was seeing bears and Sandra and I like looked at each other and I was like, bear? And she goes, yeah, she's like, hasn't Olivia ever complained about the bears? And we just had this like moment of like, holy crap. And then I felt bad because when I was a kid, I used to see a wolf that's the size of that. Bobby. 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 As in as a kid, how tall would you say that is? Four feet? Uh, yeah, okay, Okay. five. Five feet? Okay. I don't know why I care about the height you think Bobby <laughs> is.
0: Four to
1: five feet. So (laughs)
2: imagine if your bed is across the room and then you, you know, you're trying to sleep at night and there's a wolf that's that size staring at you. That would bother most children. I didn't sleep. Like that freaked me out as a child. And then that's why I have a great understanding of kids being afraid of energy. What was the meaning behind the bears or the wolf? So I now know, right, after years of doing this, that apparently we all have like a spirit animal or a spirit totem that we're connected to. Mine apparently was the wolf. Now, did I learn that at 16? No, I learned that close to 30 when I was doing a book signing and a shaman came to my event and I was sitting at a desk like this and he walked up to me, hands me the book and he looks to my left and smiles. There's nothing here. Like there's nothing visibly to me that I can see. Smiles and then he looks back at me and like nods and I went, what? And he goes, I see you walk with the wolf in this life. And I can't explain it. I, like, I kind of became like a five-year-old in front of this man because nobody believed me. My mother didn't believe me. My father didn't believe me. Nobody believed me. They all thought I wanted to get in their bed too, like that I didn't want to sleep in, my, in my, my big boy bed. And I was like, no, I loved my room. I loved my space. I just didn't love that there was a wolf in my room because he was the, he was the villain of all the stories as a kid. The big bad wolf was gonna eat you. Three little pigs,
0: you know? like right. That, you know, we had a similar story. You know, you had a similar story.
1: Not with a wolf.
0: No. <laughs> to the bears. You, the man with the beard. Oh, oh, yeah,
1: but it wasn't an animal. I didn't have a spirit animal. But we ended up moving, right? Mm-hmm. Because of the man. I the had man. a
0: similar story where she kept crying about a, a a man with a beard. And then um, one of the ladies that helped us take care of her ended up sleeping in that room and said, did you ever see the man with the beard? And you were like, I'm and, out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then we were at another place and there was a picture and she started screaming, that's the man, that's the man. There was a picture of a man with a beard. And so I sold the house. So I do have full uh, respect and belief. In- I have a question. Okay. Sure. How
1: do you, how are you able to focus it on one person? When you say you have like a lot of people that come to this, sorry. That come to see you, and there's a whole audience, and then you're speaking to one person. Or I see even on TikTok mediums right. that will bring someone on, and then they're reading them, and in the comments they're like, "I think you're talking about me. I think you're talking. How do you know it's that one person and not anyone else?" So if in I the room?
2: if I stand in front of an audience mm-hmm. and you say read this person, I had this happen on Doctor Phil, was, mm-hmm. which was not fun. <laughs> it's actually the last time I was on Doctor Phil. Um, They asked me when I came on, they said, you know, well, let me ask you a question first. So if I stand in front of an audience full of people, whoever's going to come through is going to come through. I can't just go to that one person as much as I want to. If I'm doing a private reading, I could. If I'm doing a radio show, I could, because now I'm listening to that person's energy. If I'm doing a Skype thing. So I just did a radio show. I did like one of the top radio shows in South Africa, in Cape Town. And the guy said to me, my producer made a mistake. He said, we don't have people lined up for you to read. They invited them into the studio. How do you want to do this? And I laughed and I said, It's not a matter of how I want to do this. I go, It's a matter of how they're going to come through. And he goes, No, no, no. He goes, We'll pull them in one by one. And I said, No, you've invited a group of people together, which means you invited a group of their energies that come with them to come in. I go, We're going to have to go with whoever wants to come through first. He goes, Well, how do we know that? I go, You'll know by the information. And sure enough, that's what happened. You know, he brought, um, I brought up information. One of the people understood it. They came from like a studio just like that, came in, I read for her. She couldn't understand, you know, I read for as long as I could. And then more information came through that she wasn't able to resonate with. And I looked through the glass and I went, the person that's got the blah, 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 is that for you? She nodded. They brought her into the studio. And then one by one, it became like a game of, of tag. And then by, by the time they were mostly standing there, I read everybody except for one of the people that was there. I got nothing on him. Now, I didn't tell him that there was nobody around him. I just felt like he needed to be part of that process to learn. So the people that come to an event, the ones that get read become the teaching syllabus for the class that's there. I believe that the event is more for the people who are not read than for the people who are red. Because the moment you become red, you're now subjective to who did or did not come through. But if you're not red, then you're objective to the entirety of the process. But um if it's TikTok, the same thing. You know, if I'm reading in the comments, which is really really hard because there could be like three thousand people on TikTok that are doing that, I'll say I'm with like you know, you know Fluffy Cat ninety seven. Only Fluffy Cat ninety seven can you answer this, and then everybody else that holds their comments, or you can pull somebody up on the queue, mm-hmm. and that's one of the reasons why I am on evolveplus.tv now I have like a, a channel on We're, there we'll
0: put that on yeah uh, on the uh, so people go how does this work so do you
2: do? whether it's on you know Facebook or I don't do you have it an so app right yeah I'm on I have a channel on an app called evolveplus.tv so if people go to evolveplus.tv
0: okay you'll see the John ever channel and if you if you, you don't have to write that down fast that's going to be in our uh in our descriptions so they'll they'll go okay so they go to they go there and there's different
2: channels so there's a channel called the orbit and in that channel there's uh, astrologers and numerologists there's a podcast my actual my daughter Mm -hmm. the actress um, (laughs) Olivia hosts uh, a podcast with an astrologer they are called the rising gems and every week they do the weekly weather there's a like a weekly weather thing that's on the on the app that gives just weather the cosmic weather oh the, the, the astrologic weather, I should say.
0: Oh, I didn't know. So, realize.
2: not like the, you know, is it raining? For,
0: it's going to rain for Sagittarius?
1: <laughs> the thing that was but telling me that my year is shit and it'll be better next year.
2: <laughs> not shit. Okay. Transformational. Okay. Okay. Lots of change. <laughs> yeah. That's almost good. almost yeah, halfway through. Yeah. You're halfway through.
0: Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay. So, and then, but what, uh, what do you do on it? What do I do on it? So, yeah. I host a show called Evolve with John Edward. And on that show, um, I have a co host. And my co host is my cousin Katrina, and she's been working with me since she's 13 years old. Loved her storm. <laughs> oh my God. And that's sorry. That's, that's too soon. That's pretty much what she says, too. Okay. She goes, Katrina, like the hurricane. Okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So, and and you host the show. And what do people do? They, they the the people that are members of of the channel and on the app, they get a chance to be read, ask their questions, and then I go live. I do live streams there, where I I would do it on TikTok. So sometimes the live streams are just me answering questions and comments and reading for people in the comments, and sometimes it's me pulling people up, and they're actually on camera with me. Wow.
0: So uh, do you find and and is there a percentage of? Uh, what is your percentage? What is your batting average? What is uh, like, I don't know what, uh, how to ask that question, but you know what I'm asking. I do so and like, like a
2: comfortable question to answer because it's like, it's pretty high. Y- yeah. But and also
1: like, how do how you do. know really? Cause you can say something that someone is not validating at the time. Correct. And then later on they'd yeah. be like, Oh shit. Like it was correct.
2: Two things. One, I was a participant in uh, the University of Arizona studies. So Dr. Gary Schwartz and company did double blind studies. And it was part of a HBO document, an HBO documentary called Life After Life, America Undercover Life After Life, produced by the journalist Linda Ellaby for HBO. Part of that documentary was to have mediums tested and to rule out mind reading facial expressions, body language, and all of that. So I, I'm i a science, I like science, I like I like data. So I was like, well, this is really cool. Like, what's the measurement like we're going to be doing? Like, right. are you going to be doing like EKGs and EEGs? And I remember <laughs> sitting around this table and they weren't planning on doing that. I guess that wasn't approved. And after, you know, so I worked in a hospital and I, you know, like I, I, I wanted to do that at the hospital that I worked at, but I, I didn't. Um so when I brought that up the scientist said why would you do that and I was like I would love to see the the data of that. So yeah there's footage of us out there like you know with the not like the regular EEGs but like the 36 lead EEG caps uh, you know it's not really doesn't really look great on camera but it's, it was really cool to do. Um and myself and a number of a number of other mediums were there and I went out there four times and he wrote a book called The Afterlife Experiments. And then I invited him subsequently, like 15 years later, he came to one of my events just as a guest. And at the end of the event, he like wrote something on Instagram. He was like, you know, based upon what I watched tonight and the validations that came through, you know, your accuracy was somewhere in the range of like 92%. I was like,
0: dude, you're just supposed to be a guest tonight. Not working. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, That's great. I also know in reading a little bit of your history coming up that you, you grew up with the church. I did. Yes. So I would imagine that the, the, this is not, uh, this doesn't coincide. The church could be pretty, uh, militant against what you, do you find that? Have they, are you being so, attacked or criticized? Not, not yet, not yet, I'm you're already t- known. I'm gonna <laughs> tell you, I'm gonna tell you not yet for a
2: reason. In an hour. So <laughs> I, I, I will tell you that I've been very, very lucky. And when I say lucky, I think it's because of the way, the way that I do what I do. Somebody early on wanted me to start a church. I kid you not, they wanted me to start a church. And they start said, a church? Start a church. They said, you should be a, a minister or like a preacher. And I was like, why? And they said, oh my God, you'll have a super, uh, Mega church, a super church. I don't know. Mega church. Yeah, megachurch. Mega you can call su- yours, it's yours. You can yeah. call it whatever you want. <laughs> it was like a mega megachurch because you could preach the Bible and then you can demonstrate, you know, and, and they were like, you can demonstrate and that's just gonna like, you know. And I looked at the person and I was like, yeah, you clearly don't get me. And they were like, what? I go, I wanna see the person and then I wanna see them leave. Like, I am not looking for a dependency on them. If somebody doesn't come back and see me, that means I did my job well enough that they don't feel the need to come back and see me. I go, I don't want to foster any type of dependency anywhere, energetically or or whatnot. Like, that to me is a, that was a big like, whoa, red flag. So my Catholic upbringing um, got in the way, maybe in my family dynamic, because my mom was divorced. And she would sit in the back of the church and I'd be like, why are you sitting in the back? Is that like, you want to sit in the back? Because you want to sit in the back. And she's like, I shouldn't even be in the building. I'm like, why should you be in the building? Divorce. And she goes, well, I'm excommunicated because I'm divorced. Right. And I was like, you know, that's like just man-made silliness, right? And she was like, well, it is what it is. And I come from the, the, the Catholic background that if you missed mass and you did not go to confession, you could not receive the host on Sunday. There was no act of contrition as you're walking down the hall, you're like walking down the aisle. So it was a pretty serious, like my grandma took me to church every day until I was in first grade. So the church and the Catholic religion, the dogmatic belief system was very much a part of my upbringing. And then I kind of felt like I was also, just by nature of what I, cho- what I chose, excommunicated. It never affected my faith, but it did affect the rules. So I, I'm a rule. I was like, these are the rules. Okay. And then I had a nun come to me. Um, she was my two o'clock appointment and <laughs> she showed up in full on habit. Like, and I I thought she was collecting for a charity or something and I said, can I help you? And she said, you can if you're John. I said, I am John. I go, how can I help you? And she said, I'm your two o'clock. And I remember thinking, oh, uh, okay, Come, come, come in. So she comes in, I bring her in the room that I'm reading in, I wasn't married yet. I sat her down and I ran into the other room and I called my wife now, my girlfriend now wife at work. And I was like, Sandra, there is a nun here. And she's like, okay. She's like, why is she there? And I go, for a reading. She's like my two o'clock appointment. And she goes, so then go read her. And I was like, yeah, but like I'm like completely distracted right now. And she goes, why? Is she topless? And I was like, no, she's not topless. (laughs) I go, she's like full on in her habit and the whole wimple thing. She's like, John, I am at work. Go do Mm -hmm. your job. And I went and I sat down and I did the reading. I was really professional, right? And at the end of the reading, she got really quiet and she said, Do you know why I'm here? I looked at her and went, I'm assuming because you wanted to hear from these people. And she said, no, I was here to have you arrested. And I went, oh, okay. And she said, you have been reading a lot of my parishioners. And I run a support and grief bereavement group. She goes, and your name keeps coming up over and they're passing it around. She said, and I needed to make sure that you weren't taking advantage of them. And I went, okay, okay. And I'm looking at her like, I don't know which way this is going because she was very, again, very nunnish. Um, And I said to her, I said, well, how's my day looking? You know, I tried to crack a joke and she said, it's very clear that God gives people gifts. She goes, and you have one. And it's very clear that you're using it to help people in the right, in the right way. And I, and I was like, well, thank you. I said, I I do the best I can. And then um she says how she goes how how much how much is this whatever and I was like oh no not this is this is nothing <laughs> and she was like that was the right answer. <laughs> and then she proceeded to tell me that I would be working with her and I would be supporting her in her grief group at the convent that she worked at and I did that for years after that and then my day ended with a priest
0: same day. That's so bizarre. And that's such a dichotomy between what you do and what is kind of I, I don't know. I'm a Jew, but, you know, what I would think that the Catholic Church.
2: But I feel like I, I felt like, you know, I said to the priest at the end of the day, who, oh, by the way, is still a very good friend of mine. I was like, why do you think on the same day, like, a nun and a priest were sent to me? He goes, because you were adrift at sea and you were lost. So we were sent in universally. He goes, you would say the universe. I would say Jesus. Call it what you like. You needed help. Here we are. And I thought that was a cool thing. Are you religious now? I'm, I'm, I have a, no, I have a very strong faith. I'm more spiritual. And I tell people that faith is free religion they make you pay for. So you're not
0: uh, affiliated with a- uh, Specific
2: par- parish, no. no. I still consider myself Catholic. My kids went to a Catholic school. I feel like they had to like, you know, learn the language that I speak. But I say it openly, if my wife was Jewish and she was more into Judaism, they would be raised with that
0: faith. Cause I feel like you need to have a language the the um so you have not been attacked by people from the not, church i mean not, even not really
2: a- i was told by three separate three separate people that i was on a vatican watch list for a while <laughs> and i thought that was a joke until i found out that it really wasn't a joke that it was it was actually a, apparently that was a thing and i was like why am i on a vatican watch list and they said well you have a globally syndicated show you wrote a book on the rosary yeah, you're on the Vatican watch list. I was like, oh. I was like, and it's like, what, pre-sniper? Like, how, how does that, what does that mean? Like, what does that look like? And I guess I was just- Well, they're watching. Like, yeah, I guess they wanted to know, like, you know, is this somebody we have to look out for? The reason why I said not yet is that I have a very, very big concern about the evangelical Christian movement that's happening now within the world and specifically in the States. Because number four on their target list behind the LGBTQIA, you know, agenda is this type of work so really oh yeah there's a list of and where they come in the you can find their christian breakfast where they all pledge their little things on their board of what they're what they're attacking and anything that would be of the occult which i think is very interesting because they chose to use a word that's literally decades old as opposed to if you walk into a bookstore today it's now
0: under self-transformation or new age and what do you think the the reaction would be like what do you think being number four, what could that possibly lead to?
2: Well, you know, I think it was really, really scary because my cousin's gay and right. she is married to a woman, right? And was very concerned about certain things in the last decade of how things would shift. And I, I kind of like, I don't want to, I don't want to say I laughed it off, but to assuage her feelings, I said, I don't, I don't think you have to worry about certain things because you know there were certain achievements that we've had, societally. I go, and I think the anthropological reaction in society would be backlash. I go, so I really wouldn't worry. And she said, you may be psychic, but you don't know jack shit about politics or the government. And she goes, I do. And everything that she told me that was gonna happen in her prediction has come to pass. And that was in
0: 2016. Yeah, it is a scary time. I feel that we are moving backwards in a lot of ways. That's why we look to people like you to right. give us somewhat uh, maybe a little window of of hope. Do you? Um, I guess. What, what was? Uh, do you have a question?
2: Just know okay. that hope and humanity are both spelled with H, right? And that's the, and so is Howie. Yeah, and Howie. So hope
0: Howie. <laughs> <laughs> Howie hope and humanity. have <laughs> always H's. been the three most <laughs> important H- things. <laughs> do you? Um, when we are in a room like this and there's a bunch of people around, are you getting things that you are shutting out? I should. So I
2: was taken to a, a, a meeting by, a, I'll say, Celebrity A. So Celebrity A said, do you want to be back on television? And I was like, if the right opportunity came up, I said I would, I would take it. So meetings were set up, and I, I met with a person's, um, I guess it was a manager or their agent. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting on the couch area of the, of the big swanky office, and mm-hmm. the desk was like over on the other side. Mm-hmm. And the person just was like kind of listening about the subject matter. And then at the end of the reading said to me, so like, are you picking up stuff on me? And I went, no. And he goes, well, why not? And I said, because nobody asked me. I go, and it's not my place to do that. And then um, he did, and, and then I did. And then he was like, holy crap. And then he goes, just like that? And I went, yeah, pretty much just like that. And then he goes, why? And I said, well, if I walked into your office and sat at your desk and started looking at your emails, how would you feel? He goes, oh, that would be a violation. I went, exactly, that would be a violation. So for me, I don't ever violate someone's energy unless they have a specific question
0: or there's something that they want me to answer for them or to dive deeper. So if we asked you to do a reading, I, and there's no pressure, you can say no, can I bring somebody in and you could do a reading? And just because I'm fascinated, I, I was a fan of your show and watched it all the but time. But again,
1: it's gonna be like what you said, there's a bunch of people in here. So once you open that door, anyone yeah. or anything or any energy could come in, right? right?
0: So if
2: I said to you that there was somebody here who overdosed. Yeah, you'd have to then say what's the person that I'm connected to that overdose that I would see like a friend Yeah, like that's how I would see it. As yeah, me. but what if I just brought somebody in and sat them down? Is that a thing to do you could sit them over there away from me? I don't like people next to me when I read them it, like on the other side
0: of the glass or where do they, you want Where do you
2: want them? I don't. Even, I don't need to see them. You can put them through the, the, the Headset if you had
0: okay, let's put uh, Jan on a headset.
1: All right, we're back. We're here Again, with another ad, Um, my daughter, Abby, is still here. My dad, apparently, Kenny, is still not here, or he is here, but we just can't hear. What's going on with the Zoom? Not working still. Okay. All right, well. Figure it out, I guess, for next time. I don't know. But But you know what is here that I do love is my liquid IV. And if you ask her, you know I don't like water. I don't drink water. No, you hate water. I hate water. But with liquid IV, I actually do love water. And I actually get the hydration. And it is great because there's these little sticks and they're convenient. And they fit in your purse or they fit in your pocket. So you could use them no matter what. And I've been... I've been exercising more, so I need to hydrate more. I've been going on my hot girl walks. Do you go on the hot girl walks with me?
2: No, but you don't.
1: I do go on hot girl walks. While you're at school, I go on hot girl walks all the time. Maybe they're not hot girl, but I go on walks all the time. And I exercise and I need my extra hydration. And that is why I use Liquid IV. And these are some of my favorite flavors. And I love the sugar-free ones. I have the apple. I have the grape. I have other ones at home too. The peach is one of my favorites. I actually like all of them. But these are some of my favorites. Anyways, you should... (laughs) You like banana? No. Okay, I I didn't think so. You're just saying words. Beluga. Beluga. So Liquid IV has three times the electrolytes of leading sports drinks and there's no artificial sweeteners and zero sugars as you can see on the packaging and you should get your own Liquid IV. Grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or you could get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code Howie at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using code Howie at liquidiv.com. That's liquidiv. <laughs> All right. Could, can we go back now? Yeah.
2: So for the people that are listening, the way that this works for me is whatever I see, hear, or feel, I say. And then it's interpreted in my frame of reference. So whatever, however I see it, I kind of like put it that way. I'll talk about people being above to the side and below. Above just means older below just means younger and to, to the side would be a contemporary.
0: We know that. Okay.
2: But that's how, I, that's how I see it. Names, initials come through. Here's what I can not tell. I can't always tell if somebody's living or past. Okay. Cause for them, they're just still living. They're just in a body or not in a body. Right. But where I started is exactly what I was getting. That's why I, I put that out there. I really was getting that somebody passed for an overdose. So someone's actions had to cause their passing in some way. So something that they did would have brought about how they transitioned. So I don't okay. know if that's for somebody here, but there's somebody who has that. Think like a contemporary, like somebody lost their cousin, somebody lost their sibling, somebody lost the friend that way.
1: Okay. Me. Okay.
2: Um and then are you a mom now? Yeah. Okay. Twice?
1: Yeah. You miscarried one? Yeah.
2: And you have a dog that passed.
1: Yeah. The okay. dog always comes through. so I just
2: need you to know that. <laughs> the energies that we have bonds of love or connections with uh-huh. are very much still, that's, that's there. Yeah. Um, so this is the part where I always feel like a little bit uncomfortable because of dynamics uh-huh. and people listening. Yeah. So on Zoom, I would be texting to you right now in a chat room. We can edit. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, Maybe. Mm, is there a way that nobody else in this room could hear me?
0: Nobody no. else out there? Yeah. No.
2: Okay. Uh, full on permission, I can say what I'm getting? Uh,
0: you don't want it. Does she not want to hear it? Mm. She wants to hear it, but not like. Do you want to hear it? Yes or no?
1: Okay. You want. Okay. Why don't you Wait, tell? like I wouldn't want to hear it. No, or no, I wouldn't want other people to hear that. it. That. Okay. That. I'll come over to you.
0: I like to just be private. Take a, move the mic and tell her. No, I'm gonna um, type it. it. But, um, yes, my logical brains okay. off. Just remember that. Okay. Woo! <laughs> Woo! You getting anybody anything from over there? That, that
2: apply that to other areas though. Okay. 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 I know that symbol. So. Okay. Not, not saying that that's a thing, but I want you to remember what I wrote. Okay. Okay. Got it. Um, where's Jimmy or James? I don't
1: know.
2: Who connected to you is the J? Out there. Out, out I don't have my glasses on. You said you don't want <laughs> to see her. You know, oh, do the, you have a J that's out there? Yeah. That's
0: the person that sat down.
2: Okay. So.
0: so, so. Wait, wait, go ahead. Keep going.
2: But the J is living?
0: Yeah. Well, and also past.
1: Jay. I'm
0: Jackie. <laughs> no, but I know you introduced me as yeah. Jacqueline. No, the one who passed.
2: Is Jay? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But through that room? Yes. Okay. So the J that's passed through that room wants to be acknowledged. The month of October or the 10th of a month is going to have some type of meaning birthday or anniversary. So there's some reference to that. Um, and then I want to talk about a middle name with an M or there's a name that's got like an MR. So think like Mari, Morris, Murray Marie. Marie, Marie Morris, Maurice, Maurice, who is Ma- that?
0: Morris. She Joe said. Morris was his name.
2: Okay, so the middle name is Morris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what I see that as being a uh, like a dad. Is there a connection yes. to a father figure for that? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I feel like if the J connection is the the person, then that J's also passed. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I I just got it. I just caught up with what you just said. So he is Joe Morris. Yeah. Yes. So it's not two separate people. It's mm-hmm. the same person. Yes. Right. Ding, ding, ding. So you're watching the light bulb go off in my head as I'm doing this. (laughs) Um, I don't know if there are twins in that family, but they're showing me the sign of Gemini. So the sign of Gemini is the sign of the twin, and that would be like late May, June. She's Gemini She's Gemini. Okay. So this would be dad's way then of acknowledging his presence I don't know if he had sepsis or if somebody had some if somebody had some type of like multi-organ system shutdown But there's a feeling of a multi-organ system shutdown that I'm supposed to highlight and they show me pink roses when I say pink roses <laughs> That's their way of expressing love But I feel like there's something that was done with them or given or there's some type of symbol of that Like, you know, I have them. We painted them. There's something about that One of the things that I'm also feeling is that I wanna go out of the state that I'm in. So I wanna go to the East Coast. So I don't know if there's anybody on the East Coast or there's a connection to the East Coast, (laughs) but there's a reference to the East Coast specifically showing me Harvard and Massachusetts. So I don't know if there's a conversation about Boston or there's a conversation about that, but I need to bring that up. And then I feel like I'm supposed to also highlight that there's a, um, mom still living? Is there a mom still living?
3: Yes. I wanna say hi
2: to the mom. So hi to mom. So Joe's saying hi to mom. Happy birthday this week. So happy birthday now. Somebody's got a birthday now in the family or there's something celebratory that I'm supposed to talk about.
3: My brother. About. Yeah, his
2: son. Okay. And then I think there's four kids in that family or somebody's one of four. Three kids. Four. Three. There's four kids. So mom might have miscarried.
3: I don't know. Yeah, there's,
2: there's, a, there's a reference to that. Um, I don't know if dad's recently passed, but my feeling is that somebody's gone not too long ago.
3: Yes, that's true. I don't know if he, can he hear me? Yeah. What's she saying? Okay. Yes. He just, he passed away a month
2: ago. Oh, that's definitely recent. Okay. So he's definitely seeing this as a way of coming in. Was there an issue about the shoes that you were wearing today? Or am I supposed to bring up your shoes?
3: Oh, that's funny. I almost didn't wear these shoes because I didn't think they'd be safe to walk in because I just had eye surgery. Okay, because I, like <laughs> I feel like I'm
2: supposed to say that I was with you when you were having the conversation about whether or not you should wear the shoes. And then there's talk about knocking down a wall or taking a wall down. Um, yeah, it... it,
3: it could be. Um, so
2: I don't mean like metaf- I don't mean like metaphorical walls, okay. like somebody's boundaries, like knocking down the emotional wall. I mean like A wall. Yeah. like an actual wall. Yeah, like an actual
3: wall in my mom's house needs to be taken down and my mom needs to move out while it's yep. being done. Okay, so this, is,
2: this would be his way of saying he sees what's taking place. He's telling me he's met up with, this is kind of weird because you're sitting in front of me, Howard. Who's Howard?
3: Um, well, he has met Howie. <laughs> so you knew him? Yeah.
2: Okay, well, he's being formal. He's referring to you as Howard. Okay. Like I met Howard. Um, so he's acknowledging Howard.
3: He would do that.
2: And then you have a gold, uh, I don't know, a gold, I, there's nothing in here that I could point to. There's like a, you know when someone has a, like a certificate and it's got a gold seal on it or a gold stamp?
3: Uh huh.
2: He's telling me to bring up the gold seal or the gold stamp. Like almost like if somebody got somebody graduated and they get like the gold seal on the diploma or there's something about that, their kids.
3: Yeah. My, both my kids just graduated with their masters. Okay. And one was from Cardinal and gold, which was his school. Yeah. And, um,
2: Cause he's putting gold on, on this. And then did he write a textbook or did he write?
3: Um, he was, no, he was writing the story of his life, but never got to finish it. So
2: two things, one, he's making me feel like the thing that he was writing, is not like a novel it feels like it's a it's a i'm gonna call it a textbook because i feel like there's teaching in it so whatever his intention was about writing his story was to teach people about the experience and the journey that he went through and the lessons that he learned from it correct
3: yes yes. okay
2: and then you know that um and again we are not live right no okay was there money embezzled from him
3: um (laughs) Not directly, but it kind of is now um, it, from people that are working with him.
2: I'm going to tell you that the feeling he's giving me is that monies that would have been part of his family plot, his family pot, his his bank vault, whatever that is, was mismanaged or utilized in an improper way. Yeah. And he did not do anything to protect it. He's taking the responsibility for it. <laughs>
3: Yeah, that makes sense.
2: <laughs> he's also telling me that you're not crazy. You actually did smell him, like you smelled him, and that's called Claire aliens. Is when you get that smell, um, and I think it happened in the car. So I think you were like by yourself, and you got like a whiff of something. And I'm supposed to say like I was with you when you did this.
3: I don't recall that.
2: Yeah, he's making me feel like I'm like I, I am getting like a smell of a of a of a like a person's scent, and the reason why I'm saying that is I used to tease my mom that she smelled like baby vitamins sometimes. Right, so I don't know whatever it is that she took, and I'd be like, "You smell like baby vitamins." So she- weird
0: that you would bring that up now, because I am absolutely sure that Jackie farted a minute ago. <laughs> I
1: was just gonna say that. I was just wanna make that. Show. You are amazing. <laughs> I think you're smelling my fart.
2: <laughs> um, nope. I don't think it's that. Um, I, I, I think it's I think it's uh, it's her dad, and I think he wants me to acknowledge the scent or the smell. So, if you did not have this in your own personal space, then tell your mom he was there when she smelled the shirt, the pillow, the something that would have, no, it's definitely a, it's an inhale of, of, of smelling something. Is Steven your brother?
3: Yeah, yes.
2: Yeah, that's my, <laughs> that's the validation. So what they do, I, 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 I discussed this with Howie, I have a little OCD and I read very much where I need a lot of validation. So when I make a statement and it doesn't kind of recognize immediately at first, they'll back it up with something cause they know I'm not gonna drop it. So they go, let me back it up with something factual. So I always say like, I'm a psychic dog. And when I get it right, they give me a treat, my treats validation. Um, you're so
0: right on, you are so right on. This is amazing. <laughs> I need you
2: to know that your dad's okay. And I know that this might be like recent for you, but you kinda knew that he wasn't gonna be here. Yeah. And I feel like for anybody that's listening, we can prepare for someone's passing. My mom had terminal lung cancer. I prepared for it, but when it actually happens, now you have to experience it, you know? And now you're going through the experience of of navigating a life that he's claiming was well-lived, a life that was, you know, beautiful. And he's making me feel like he wants to be celebrated, not, not live, live in the light of love. Like, that's the, excuse me, that's the way that he wants me to feel. Um, and he's telling me to talk about your, was he in a hospital? Yes. Did you like spill something on him while he was in the hospital?
3: Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> so I'm gonna tell you that
2: what I, I worked in a hospital, so I'm seeing the hospital bed, but I'm seeing what I would refer to as soiled linen, but not in the way that you're thinking. Top,
3: okay.
2: like top, like, like imagine like looking at a, like a new, like a new sheet that was put on top of someone and going, why is that dirty? And even though it's clean, it's just that it's stained or it's got some type of, Like, damage onto it. Like, there's a reference that he's trying to make. He's also telling me he must have been in the bed by the window. Is that true?
3: Yes, he was. But also, they they didn't... um, They they were constantly not changing the sheets enough. And there was um, often stuff on the sheets.
0: I think you've been hitting uh, pretty better than 92%. (laughs) No, I mean, just to come out of nowhere, the fact that you have the ability to talk to Jan, who just lost her father, and... Without any, uh, um, and and to let everybody know. Like I didn't know she was here. Like I don't know what you don't. Know, number one, you don't know she's here. Number two, there is no way for you, I, I to know that her, uh, her brother's name is Steve. That was so right on. Um, It was, I remember when he was in the hospital, um, I'll I'll give you information now, you know, he had a a trach so he couldn't talk. So when they were not changing his sheets, this was a big issue for him because he couldn't communicate that. And when his kids came to visit, they would get work done that they felt was being a little bit neglected, you know, just because he couldn't say, hey, give me a new fucking sheet. So (laughs) I I think that you did uh, speak to I believe this energy exists. There is no other explanation and I'm not here to. um, Yeah. And truth be told, if I could guess this accurately, my ass would be at a casino every day. (laughs) (laughs) Truth be told. But can they, so let me ask you something. So from the vantage point of wherever this entity is, do they not see a pat? Like, could they not, could you not sit in a casino and somebody could say the Jack is coming out next?
2: You don't think I've
0: tried? I'm asking.
2: <laughs> no, I have. So they, they, they played a fun game with me a number of times. So the, the one place that I found the most accuracy was roulette. So if I, if I said 18, if they showed me 18 and I would play like 18, 17 would come out. So once I would catch up with a pattern like, oh, it's the one before, they'd give me the one after. So it was oh, almost. Oh, I thought like, you were going to
0: say you only speak to Canadians and it was the exchange rate. <laughs> no, no. The,
2: the way that they showed it to me is can you get it? Sure. Will we give it? No. That's how. It, that's how I. That's how I kind of develop my understanding. You know of of that. Um, now, have there been moments where, like anybody else, like I've had some type of luck at a casino? Sure.
3: Just one but, question on sure. Howie's wife. Hi. Do, you, do they come to you in your dreams, or is that something you're making up in your head?
2: No. It, so I follow a ninety-five-five rule. Ninety-five percent of the time, I tell people that most of the dreams that we have of somebody who's passed. It's just a dream. But then there's like a 5%, which is what I refer to as a visit or a visitation, which is the best experience ever. It is where it's like vivid and profound and loving. And when you wake up, it's kind of like you don't want to wake up, you want to go back to it. They're never mad, angry, or sick. They look younger or more vibrant. And sometimes there's little like Easter egg messages inside them. Those are my favorite. My book is So that's real. That's very, my first book is called One Last Time. And it's based upon a conversation I had with my mom. And I said to her <clears throat> that I felt that five days and five hours after a person passes, we should have like a one hour window where we get a chance to say all the things, express all the things, um, you know, find out who gets the house car jewelry. Like, you know, all the arguments would be avoided. And um, I had a dream after she passed where it was a very, very profound validated experience and in it I went what is this and she smiled and said this is your one last time wow so I titled my first book one last time for that reason we
0: we'll put all the books in the references too you got to read uh his books and uh go actually to
2: a- just go to the app because I got I'm getting all the rights back so they're all going to be on the app now so I'm going of excited what is the app the, it's the channel on evolve plus so it's evolve plus.tv everything's gonna be everything's here. there yeah I'm actually getting I'm getting all the rights back to my products so right. that it's one stop destination on my channel
0: and I've talked to you also uh, before, and yep. i'm not I'm not uh, pressuring you, but you need to be doing a podcast. <laughs> you really need to be doing a podcast is that a prediction
2: or a projection
0: i don't know (laughs) it's just something that i'm begging Uh, because the truth is that even as a guest and even the way you talk i've said probably less on this episode than i've ever said on any episode is that not correct yeah it's weird. (laughs) no but you're really you're really interesting to talk to and 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 to learn from and to question and I know that you do that on Evolve TV, and I don't know that one is mutually exclusive of another. Right. And I think you can continue to do Evolve TV and do Evolve TV on your podcast, so that we can watch the process and even open it up to. And I'm sure that there are people right now watching right now that are clicking on Evolve TV and Evolve be, Plus, Evolve, Evolve Plus, plus dot TV. Dot TV. <clears throat> no, no, just check it out, uh, Jeremy. <laughs> in the puts description. It in the description, so that it's really clear you're uh you seem to be a really good person too well, I and you're <laughs> you're very smart and you're a great guest and i thank can't you. thank you enough for showing up and i wish you nothing but the best for you and your family thank and you, whatever it is you want to continue to do and whatever path you're on it's i know it's the right and good path i, I also uh, think that uh, people like jan and my wife and people out there got some answers that they wanted so you know just to get these answers these little nuggets yeah i think people tell you this uh, time and time again but these little moments of just even if you're listening and watching and you don't this you got nothing for it but to validate that there is something else that there is something else changes somebody's perspective changes their life changes their path and to have that gift and to share that gift wow also Con- to
1: know that your loved ones are always Still with you they're not gone
2: right they're still tethered there is a survival of consciousness and love so what is the
0: meaning of life
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think the meaning of life is to literally be the best human in your community that you can possibly be while learning the lessons that you're here to learn not by taking advantage of the people that are around you that to me is what I think the best meaning of life can be is to learn the lessons and to be here to evolve in this lifetime
0: Drop the mic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
3: that was good.